Welcome to The Application, the go-to, how-to podcast for higher education marketers. I'm your host, Allison Tercio, Assistant Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing at Siena College. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is packed with practical tips and actionable advice to help you elevate your marketing game. In each snackable episode, we bring in experts to share their insights and experience on the topics that matter most to you. Got a question or idea you'd like us to cover? Email team at enrollify.org or reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. The application is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. And if you like this show, you'll definitely want to check out our other higher ed focused podcasts on admissions, tech, marketing, and more. They're packed with stories, ideas, and tools to help you be the best in your field. All right, it's time for the show. Are you ready to dive into an exciting topic that will shape the way prospective students conduct their college search? AI tools like ChatGPT and Bing Chat are transforming the college search journey, guiding students through an ocean of educational options like never before. But how can we, as higher ed marketers, future-proof our web and digital experiences to cater to this new era of AI-savvy college seekers? To guide us through this discussion, we have with us Alex Alstrom, Associate Director of Data Products at Simpson Scarborough. He's an expert at building products that are, that are force multipliers for the institutions he works with, allowing educators to make better decisions and focus on what matters most, delivering for students. His time studying development economics at American University and living in Madagascar helped him understand that education is an unrivaled force for good and unparalleled in its ability to expand opportunity. Stick with us as Alex is going to provide practical recommendations and takeaways for industry leaders like you to maximize the experience of prospective students and stay ahead of the curve when it comes to AI. Welcome, Alex. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for that intro. I think this is a really exciting topic, so we're going to dive right in with the first question. As an expert in data products for higher ed, how do you see AI technology reshaping the way students discover and explore colleges? Well, first, I really like that framing of the question. I think a lot of the conversation around AI has focused on how do I use it as a producer? So how do I make more content or whatever? And we need to realize that our prospects are going to be the first movers because before we can use AI, it has to be perfect. For our prospects to use AI, it just has to be better than what else is available to them. And so I see it really being a new new tool that they're going to use much the way that social, or even if we look back to digital, it's going to be a real disruptor. And you know, what I'm hoping that we can dig in today is the ways in which it might do that. I do want to flag, this is really new. And so if any of your listeners are feeling ambivalent, or if they don't feel like they have a full grasp, neither do I. And I spend a lot of time thinking about this. So what I'm hoping we can do today and in the next year and and months to come is is just start talking and thinking about how to, to adapt these tools and also how they might affect our prospects and their journey through the college search process. Yeah, what it reminds me of is TikTok in a way, because Mm -hmm. TikTok, 
was not a video-based social media platform. Very quickly, it became a top search engine, right? And I think this is going to do a similar thing with our prospects. Well, I actually love the example of TikTok because the thing I kind of tried to share with people is that ChatGPT, right? That's the tool that most people are going to be familiar with, but that's not the only AI tool. And one of the reasons that TikTok took off is because it is also an AI-driven tool. So I actually look at TikTok, your example, as part of this broader story of AI reshaping things. I don't know if ChatGPT is going to be the thing in six months or even a year, but I do know and I'm confident saying that AI will be an ever-present force in, in how our prospects surface information about our institutions. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think it's ripe for other platforms to come in and be the number one, right? I don't think Google or Microsoft are going to go quietly and let ChatGPT sort of just lead the way here. So there's this added layer of it's not just one place AI function that we need to be thinking about. We have to be thinking about all the things students could be using. Mm -hmm. So that framing is really helpful because I don't want to recommend strategies or even recommend to your listeners to think of this as a product, but rather kind of a paradigm shift. So as we start thinking about how our prospects are going to use it, we need to adapt strategies that are going to work in different areas. I know we're going to get to this in a little bit, but uh, we looked at three different tools, one from Microsoft, one from OpenAI, ChatGPT, and actually one from Google that isn't even publicly it's in beta, so you can access it if you're a beta tester, but it's not generally publicly available yet. And that only came out in March, right? So these tools are being are rolling out now. These big companies are only developing them as we speak, and they're going to continue to change in the coming months. Like this transition has not happened yet. It is we are in the process of it. Well, since you, since you mentioned it. You recently did user mapping to understand the difference between the .edu, Google search, and different types of AI and helping a user accomplish whatever they're trying to do when it comes to the college search process. So what did you find out? Yeah, so we looked at four questions. This is from uh, Nielsen Norman Group. They identify these as the four main questions that prospects look for when they're coming to your site. They want to know if they can see yourself at, at your institution, they want to know what it's gonna cost, they wanna know if they can get in, and they wanna know if they have your program. And that's the lens we looked at these AI tools through. So first we just did what I would call, so use uh, the, the mapping technique we use is we go on an, an EDU and we just try to see how many clicks do you have to get to take to get to that information? What steps does the user need to take? So we, we went through several different sites, looked for that information and noted what, what it felt like to look for it. We then went through that same process, but this time aided by, by AI. And so we went to tools like ChatGPT and we asked, I'll use my alma mater, just, you know, <laughs> American University, American University Economics Program. How does that compare to institutions around it. That's a question we were able to ask ChatGPT. And then we analyzed the response it, it gave us back. And what that allowed us to see is how this kind of traditional gated experience on the EDU presents information versus how a public tool presents the information. The results were really interesting. In some places, the AI was much better. 
in some places it misrepresented the institution and and in other places it gave insights that you can't get typically from a website so it allows for competitor it allows you to pay, compare to competitors and things like that and ask follow-up questions that might not be available on on the website and so it was really that was like a really interesting process for us wow i'm already thinking about the effect on marketers because so much of our work especially on the .edu is framing the message right I think about costs. You said cost, which we know is huge driver in the college search and decision process. Think about cost. And we want the chance to be able to talk about the difference between sticker price and net cost, right? We want a chance to talk about the merit scholarships that we offer. We want a shot at talking about how generous we are with need-based aid. But when a student goes to use AI, perhaps to understand those questions, and especially versus other colleges, it might not be giving the answer that we hope it will. Exactly. This is so important. I want like everyone listening to, to kind of take this in for a moment. The difference between AI and your website is that on your website, you frame the narrative. And with AI, it frames the narrative. And so we see it taking out of context information, maybe not inaccurately, but it's still out of context. And we also see it stripping away the brand voice. I mean, that's something we talk about all the time at Simpson Scarborough, right? Is when you're putting out information, it needs to have a consistent voice and it needs to you know, speak to the brand and, and your brand pillars and your brand strategies, stuff like that. When you ask ChatGPT about, you know, the as I said, the economics program at an institution, it doesn't give you all of the phrasing and the framing that institution provides. Specifically in the example of of tuition, I think it's really interesting because a lot of times you identified, you know, we talk about the the merit aid elements. We talk about the difference between the sticker price and the you know, the different opportunities for for scholarships, things like that. But we know that a lot of times that information doesn't come across as helpful to our prospects. It actually comes across as confusing, especially if they they don't have a, a lot of background or if they don't have family members or community members with a lot of experience in education. And so this is another place where AI can be really helpful because it breaks down those barriers, but it can do so in a way that doesn't tell the full story. Wow. So... We're already touching on it, but what are some of the other ways that we should be thinking about the college search journey and the impact AI is going to have on it? AI, if you kind of think, you know, think again, think of this as a journey. Where does, so where does AI fit into it? AI and these, these tools, I, I should uh, maybe define terms a little bit, right? I'm using AI to just talk about any of these chat-based interfaces that allow people to ask questions and get responses. We found where AI was most useful and where we believe it will likely become more prevalent in the, in the journey for prospects is in the information gathering place. It's so powerful when you can sit down and instead of having to open an Excel spreadsheet and log, you know, here's how much it costs to go to this school. And here's what the program name for this institution is, where you can just ask it, here are my top five institutions. Tell me how much it costs to go to each one of them and summarize briefly the program, This the, my program of interest. You can also ask follow-up questions like, you know, 
again, if you give it a list of, of five institutions, you can ask it, what are five other institutions I should be considering? And, and it will generate responses. The, design, the UX designer who helped me run a lot of, who helped me perform this analysis described it as guidance counselor GPT. That's really where AI ex, uh, excels. It, it, you can have a conversation with it and it can get, you can ask it really specific follow-up questions and get those answers. Where it is less impactful is in giving students, prospects, a sense of, of what it feels like to go to college or be in an institution. It presents the information as text. And so we really have an opportunity here as marketers to differentiate by creating experiences online for our pro for prospects, something that they're not going to be able to find in, in summaries, something that they have to see, feel, gamification. I mean, there's a lot of terms for it. Well, it happened again. Prospect Paul is excited about attending your institution, but is getting constantly confused by all of the information and tasks he needs to complete to enroll, creating friction and even worse, melt. You knew this was going to happen again, which is why you've been flagging the need for a come to Jesus meeting with leadership from marketing, admissions and IT to audit the digital experience for prospective students. Here's the problem. You're not going to convince Mark from marketing to let go of his marketing automation software. Adriana from admissions just got set up with her new CRM and Isabel from IT is still working through ticket requests from last Christmas. But what if you could come to the table with a solution that didn't require anyone to let go of their software, while at the same time ensuring a frictionless experience for prospects and current students alike? Well, guess what? Today is your lucky day. Meet Pathify, an innovative, higher ed engagement hub that puts students at the center of their college journey. Pathify sits at the center of your school's digital ecosystem, becoming the single user experience interface tying together all systems, content, and communications. Their engagement hub elevates the information that matters most and pushes symptoms like the SIS behind the scenes where they belong, making it simpler for students to discover and engage with the opportunities your institution provides at every step of their journey, from prospect to alumni. What's even better, Pathify has a mobile experience that provides 100% parity with the responsive web app, so your campus app is always in sync. Pathify is a platform that every stakeholder on campus, from marketing to admissions to student affairs to IT and more, can get equally excited about. Learn more about how Pathify is uniting strategic units across campus and bettering the entire student experience by visiting pathify.com. And be sure to tell them that Allison from the application sent you their way. So you're talking about some of the ways of we can create experiences. Can you, can you give me a couple examples of what we should be thinking about as marketers? Yeah, so we actually looked at Apple, right? Kind of this, you know, this phenomenal brand, this really good example. And it's really interesting when you go on Apple's website, you, you know, just type in apple.com, you're not presented with, you're presented with a very narrow story and experience, right? You go on and you see the iPhone <laughs> and then you see the most important things you need to know about it. And then this big, beautiful blue buy button. Up at the top, you can click in and look at you know other other uh, products right that they offer 
it is incredibly experiential. They know that you can go to tech guides and all the, there's all these other tools to understand their product, but that when you're on their website, you're looking to be immersed in their product. And so I want to translate that over to higher education. The real opportunity that I think we have is to be much more experiential and to immerse people in our brand and in our institution, not try to give them information. We should be careful about trying to give them tons of information. Oftentimes I hear when I have this conversation with clients, right? Oh, well, the dean or, you know, these, these professors or this department, like they want this information there. I understand that. But we need to realize that information is, AI makes that information so much more accessible that if you're cluttering the high level of your website with it, maybe you can put that in other places, right? But if you're cluttering high levels of your website with that or with events, things, things that are just informational, you're distracting from the experience. And that's, again, the thing that you can differentiate with AI. Yeah, because you still need perhaps to have text-based content with information for search engine optimization purposes and even for what the AI will use in its answers, right? But yeah, I like this idea of focusing in on the top level pages and really, okay, what's the experience? How are we making someone feel when they're on this page? Not what are we telling someone, but how are we making them feel? What are we showing them? You spoke to the um, positive side of the content, having lots of content, right? That it feeds the AI, it gives it more context, but there's actually a, a danger in that. And I'd like, I actually have an example, which is that if you have incorrect information, the AI will surface that. So um, I was looking at an institution and I was pretending to be a non-traditional student. And I asked, you know, I said, I'm local to your school. What is my likelihood to get in? And the response it gave me said, if you are a local student, we add 0.25 to your GPA. And I I was like, I've never seen that before. I've never heard of any college doing that. <laughs> so what I did is I, this was, we were using a tool, this was on Bing chat. And so I could actually see where it was getting the information from. And so I followed it back to the institution's website. And it took me to this incredibly, I was, it was, I think it was supposed to be public facing, but it was a very deep web page with lots of numbers about how this institution how this institution rated pros, uh, prospects. And one of the lines on there said that if they were local and it defined what local meant, that they would get a GPA bump. And no prospect, like would, I don't think any prospect is gonna find that page, but the AI can because it's very good at surfacing information. And what it did is it took it and it presented it in a very accessible way. And so what I would recommend to you to everyone listening is think about what information is on your website because you know a lot of times we just kind of we say it's hard to find no one's ever going to find it it's like a hundred you know 10 layers down and that's true for people but ai is that's not how ai processes that information it's very good at finding those sorts of things and so i want like we need to be more intentional about what information we put on the web it can't just be this repository where we put, you know, all of this con all of this content for you know the past two decades. Because more and more that information is going to be accessed by these tools, and it could lead to inaccuracies in how 
AIs talk about your institution or potentially inappropriate information yeah. getting leaked. Uh, so here's when serving multiple audiences with your website, particularly external and internal from one place, this is where it might come to bite us, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I actually do think there's a way to, we need that. I, I am not saying that we cannot have that information on our website. So I think that's a conversation we need to start having. What can be walled off? What can be accessible? And if it is accessible, what does that mean? So it's, it's, it's a little bit of an open question, but we should be at least thinking about it and asking ourselves those questions. So what are the top practical recommendations that you've got for us? What do we as higher ed marketers, knowing this is happening, what do you advise we go do? What, what action should I go take right now? Yeah, so I've already, we've already spoken to some of them. I think one of the best recommendations I have for the AI age or what, you know, whatever you want to call it is to shift to being experiential where and when you can. I think another important thing that every institution should be doing is having conversations about the kind of content that they serve on their website. OpenAI just announced that they're introducing robot text, robot.txt for for OpenAI, and we need to consider when to place that on our pages. So what is what is robot.txt? It's a I think a lot of people may be familiar, but let me if it's all right, let me define it. So that is a little bit of code that you can put on your website telling things like Google, please do not scrape or index this page. And it's something that wasn't previously available for AI. So OpenAI, ChatGPT would just scrape everything regardless of whether you gave them permission to or not. They recently announced that they're going to start allowing places to domains to indicate what is scrapable, what is not scrapable. And I think you should consider utilizing that and figure out where and when you want to utilize that. Note, though, I don't recommend you tell them not to scrape any of your domain because then you're not going to be in the data set, right? You want to exist. You're not going to exist. You might as well not have anything out <laughs> exactly. there. I also want to warn against using AI to replace content creators. In, I've, I, And I'm saying this because I've heard it. I've heard people say, oh, wow, this is great. I can churn out content. Yeah, we don't, we're, gonna, we're not going to need that copywriter position anymore because we'll have AI do it. Yeah, exactly. A differentiator with the rise of AI, we are, the amount of content in the world is going to increase drastically, which means that good content will be become even more premium than it was in the past. When you have this easy ability to generate mediocre information, institutions that can produce really quality content are going to rise to the top. And so consider in your own workflows that AI is an opportunity to be more efficient, but it is not a replacement for content creators and for marketers. And the last just like piece of advice recommendation I'll give is that, and this is in a little bit of a different direction, but I think we need to start talking about it in higher education, is that AI is not detectable. So something I've seen a lot is we need to be able to know 
in our application essays, or of course, this is a really hot topic in academia with faculty right now, that, that we need to be able to put, you know, put these sensors in to detect when people are submitting information generated by AI. And the reality is that those tools do, there are tools that say that they can do this, but those tools do not exist. Uh, they're not effective. And it, they're certainly not effective at the level that would be required for us to jeopardize people's acceptance into institutions using them. I just, I feel really passionate about this. So I, I realize it's a little bit of a different direction, but I want to warn people about this. OpenAI actually had a AI detection team and they shut them down a few weeks ago because they found the task wasn't possible. Like the open AI, the people making the chatbot- Making chat it, are saying you can't, no one can know if it's coming from us or not. Exactly. So they can't know. So I just want to caution against that. It's going to be really important. And when I think about trust in higher ed, which is something, another-ish area that I really care about, I, I worry that we will damage trust if we start to, you know, so- we don't need to fuel distrust. I'm totally on board with you. I'm very passionate about finding ways to use AI for idea generation or for efficiency or even proofreading, helpful for things like that, but not removing the human touch from our content. I actually have an earlier episode, if anyone wants to go find it, that's really focused on finding that balance between leveraging AI, but being human and keeping our stuff human that's really important that that's such a good point i i say this a lot in to my clients to internal teams the institutions the people that will succeed in this era of ai are not people who replace themselves with ai it's the people who adapt it right and so that is always the frame of reference we should be coming to how do i adapt ai to make things more accessible to make things more efficient both for myself and my and, and our prospects, um, but not replace the human. We have time for one last question, Alex. And you've given some great sort of big project ideas that we should go consider and kind of unpack. How are we going to look at this? But what's the very first even small action that our listeners can take as soon as they are done listening to this episode? Something small, little step. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sure that there are probably everyone listening, you know, thoughts are buzzing and this can feel really daunting and huge. We've talked about some big things. I want to focus on something that will take 10 minutes because I think even the busiest CMOs have time for, for something that will take 10 minutes. Log on to ChatGPT or Bing Chat or one of these AI tools and pretend to be a prospect of your institution. Ask the AI about your institution, ask the AI about the programs at your institution, kind of try to put yourself in that mindset and just see what it says. I think this will be beneficial because not only are you going to see its strengths, you'll also see its weaknesses. And that's going to be something that will allow us as marketers to begin recognizing where we have an advantage over these tools and where we can actually, we are servants of our prospects at the end of the day. We are trying, we are there to help them and understanding where these tools are good and where these tools are weak will allow us to um, deliver better experiences overall for people in the college search process. And I'll add one piece onto that. Get a group to do it. Get some admissions counselors, get a couple of marketing people, whatever it might be. All of you go do that and then come back into a room and say, what did you see? What did you learn? 
tell us on on tell you know and shout it out you know call it out for on social media or whatever because this is a real opportunity for us to learn together as a community and i think if we can we can share out these insights and this learning it's going to help everyone yeah, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find me at alisontercio.com. Thank you, Alex. It was really great having you on. This is good yeah, stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, really fun. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you found the information valuable, and I'd be shocked if you didn't, <laughs> please subscribe to the podcast, but also share this episode with friends or colleagues because everyone's going to find this useful in the moment we're in right now. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.